0: You are listening to hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show, Ninety-four-five, The Answer in Dayton, 98.9 The Answer. Columbus, you can email me at my common email address, bruce at salemmedia.com, bruce at Salem com. I'd be happy to take your money-saving tips and pass them along to my listeners in central and western Ohio, specifically cell phone savings related. There's so many different cell phone companies out there alternative cell phone companies, and they always say, and we all use the same towers. I don't know if you all use the same towers or not. But I'm wondering if you use an alternative cell phone provider, alternate to Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, or T-Mobile. Those are the four biggies, I think. But there are other alternatives out there. Some of them advocate on behalf of patriotic causes. I'd just be curious to know if your service is any good, if you felt like it was a bait-and-switch, if it was a hassle, or if it was worth it, and you're saving significant money per month. Because we all got to band together to figure out how we can save money. Every trip you take in your car or truck right now is costing you more money than it's ever cost you before. And because the same is true of over-the-road truckers, whether they work for a big company, whether they're independent, everything at the store is going to cost you more. Everything. So I just be curious because I think, you know, one of the things I want to do on this show is serve the public interest. There are various ways I can do that. I certainly endeavor to do it by shedding the light of truth on the dominant, most often untruthful narratives that are out there in the mainstream media about things like, oh, evil replacement theory. Replacement theory now is the buzzword for Democrats. They couldn't win on making you look like a fool for opposing CRT. They are failing in their attempt to make you look like a histrionic overreactor to their grooming efforts in schools with little kids. So you would think, like, if I take an L on something, I don't try the same strategy again. <laughs> I got to think, okay, I got to adapt. I got to get better. I got to do something different because... The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Democrats are doing the same thing over and over and over again and not only expecting different results, but labeling you a racist when they don't get the results they want, right? CRT, we're not teaching it. Oh, yeah, you are. Here's evidence. We got you on Zoom. Well, why do you even care? You don't even know what it is. Oh, you're a racist. I mean, that's always the go-to, right? That's always the Trump card is you're a racist. Social emotional learning, grooming in schools. We're not grooming. Well, yeah, you are at Olin Tangy. We've got an eight-year-old boy who thinks he's a girl and he's in the girl's bathroom and the school administrators knew about it and didn't tell the parents of the eight-year-old girls, well, why do you care? Well, see, you're homophobic. You're hateful. You're You're anti-trans. So, again, it's like the bigotry club that they wield whenever they're caught in their purposeful, evil efforts. It is evil. It is evil. The parents of that boy, I, 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 I don't know whether to feel... If they are troubled by his mental disconnect between his biological reality... And his cognitive recognition, if they are deeply troubled by it, then I don't want to say anything at all to add to their uh, add to their emotional pain. But if they are advocating for it, and they are pushing the envelope that he should be entitled to using the girls' bathroom at school, well, then they're in a different category. Then they're in a category where they're foisting their own... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their own... Well, they're, they're, hold on a minute. Alan, are you texting me to see if my phone is on during the show? That's, I I That's had what I thought I, did. I had it on vibrate. I apologize. As your producer, I got That should gotta... be a fine. Every time my phone <laughs> goes off on the air, I should have to throw $5 in a in a pot. In your gas tank. And that'd be a gallon of gas. I'll just pour a gallon of gas in a big tub when the I do that. We can, have a community, fire, we can have a community gas can here at the Answer Studios. So oh, Biden would find a way to he would. Yes, it. he would. Yes, he would. He would for sure. So this is their strategy on replacement theory is like they unveiled it during the Biden administration or during the Obama administration. This was a great thing, right? Oh, replacement theory. Oh, Republicans are never going to win another election. Look at us. We've formulated an unbeatable coalition. We've got working class people, we've got suburban moms, we've got immigrants, we've got blacks, we've got, you know, documented and legal Hispanics and Asians, oh, you poor Republicans, you old, stupid, racist white guys, never going to win another election. Well, then things got so bad under Obama that you uh, lost in 2016 and you were going to lose in 2020 until COVID came along. And either enabled you to fiddle with the election results or to convince people that it was somehow Donald Trump's fault. Funny, we passed a million deaths from COVID in the United States just this week. And we've had way more people die during Joe Biden's stewardship of COVID than we did during Donald Trump's stewardship of COVID. Way more. And Biden had vaccines and he had therapeutics and he had the benefit of evolving science on it. And yet we don't hear any of it pinned on him. Not a little bit teeny tiny bit is pinned on him. And so this is what they're going to do with replacement theory now. They invented it. They were going to use it to their good. Now they are getting bombed with their policies that have destroyed the border, destroyed prices, destroyed our standing on the world stage. Everywhere you look, everything they touch turns to, I'll be kind, a disaster. And so now they've got to redefine the term, right? They redefined CRT. They've redefined racism. Racism good when BLM cites it. Racism bad in all other iterations. So they redefine the term and then they try to whip you over the head with it. Now, why would people be nervous? Why would people be nervous about replacement theory when, and I'm not talking about how Democrats have redefined it, I'm talking about what replacement theory was originally defined as by Democrats, a way to change the voting demographics of the United States. Why would people be nervous about that? Well, the thought would be that, well, if you flood the voting rolls with people from other countries, then all of a sudden the people who are citizens of this country and who have built its wealth and subjected themselves to the norms, to the standards, to the practices, to the procedures that have always been commonplace in our country, well, then they might become disadvantaged by the freebies Democrats are giving to people from other countries in order to buy their votes. See, I don't think that's racist at all, to be nervous about the fact that Democrats are going to give away a bunch of stuff free, healthcare, childcare, on and on and on, with my taxpayer dollars so that you can buy their votes so Democrats can stay in power forever. That's not being racist. That's being prudent to say, hey, wait a minute here. You're financing me out of having a political voice. You're taking my tax dollars, I'm a law abiding citizen. I have to pay my taxes. I will pay my taxes. I want to support my country. But I want to support the country that my father fought for in World War II. I want to support the country that police defend every day. I want to support that country, not your new vision of what the country is going to be. And you only want the country to be that so you can stay in power forever and marginalize my voice. Why would we get nervous about that? Why? There's Marco Rubio. Asking a question in Washington of Dr. Anthony Fauci. I don't understand. How do we tell American citizens if you test positive, even, even if it's dead virus that's been in your system for 10 days? Because you can test positive days after you're no longer infectious. And you can't enter the, your own country. But people, if you arrive illegally... Whether you test positive or not, if you say the magic words for asylum, you get to stay in the country. There's a, and this is a real life scenario. I know people that are abroad. They test positive. They're not sick. Maybe they were sick a week ago, and they they can't afford to continue to pay for hotel rooms and staying overseas until they can finally score a negative test. Um, it, has the time come for us to lift this? In your view, you know, having been so integral in our COVID response, are we at a point now where American citizens should be allowed to return to their country without testing? uh negative you know i'm not uh, thank you for the question it's an important question question? i don't have the answer to that i don't have the answer to that american citizens can't get back into america without testing negative for covid but illegals at the border can get into the country once title 42 goes away without testing moms can't get baby formula but illegal immigrants at the border have a stocked pantry full of baby formula so if you want to know why people are are worried about Democrats taking our tax dollars and giving freebies to immigrants so those immigrants will continue to forever vote Democrat, thus eliminating our voice in politics. There are two examples why. American citizens who can't get back in the country and formula at the border, but not at your store. So just to give you an idea here on The Bruce Hulley Show how pervasive this twisted, purposeful effort by the left is to demonize you as a racist advocate of replacement theory. Ten people die in a Buffalo supermarket in a shooting that is unquestionably race hatred. So Joe Biden looks at it and says hmm, how can I leverage this for my benefit? Now, it's interesting. A few months ago, there was another supermarket shooting in Boulder, Colorado. Ten people also died there. Did Joe Biden go to Boulder and give a speech decrying white supremacy? No, he did not. Would have been a hard case to make because the shooter was Syrian. Uh, Did Joe Biden go to Waukesha, Wisconsin? when six people died being mowed down by Daryl Brooks in an SUV. No, he did not, because Daryl Brooks is black. Even though Daryl Brooks posted on social media that he also was motivated by racial hatred. So Joe Biden looks at this and he thinks, how can I leverage it? And then the entire Democratic Party gets on board. And they redefine replacement theory, which they originally defined during the Obama years as a way to import tons and tons of immigrant Democratic voters To keep Democrats in power forever. They were never going to lose another election. Now, replacement theory, according to them, is a terrible, awful thing because Republicans are calling them on it. So they can't be called out on the merits of anything they do. They have to label it like they label everything racist. Believe it or not, USC, University of Southern California, has a person on its faculty who is the director of, are you ready for this? He is the director of Homegrown Violent Extremism. They have a faculty member. They have a position. Six figures annual income. Homegrown Violent Extremism Director. And if you think he's not weaponizing the news events of the day against Republican voters, listen to his solution that needs to happen in the aftermath of Buffalo. My guidance is that we have to treat it as the terrorist threat that it is. You know, we rallied on 9-11. There was no question about what the country was going to do. We are facing the same threat. And we need to go one step further. Mr. Deutsch is on point. We should label them the domestic terrorist party. If we look at the last decade of data, and, and as you know, I teach, so I tell my students all the time in the words of W. Edwards Demings, a famous data scientist. Without data, you're just someone with an opinion. We had a 10-year period between 2010 and 2019 where white supremacists were responsible for 78% of the murders in America. In 2018... Whoa, 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 whoa. White supremacists were responsible over an eight-year period for 78% of the murders in America? That's what he just said. White supremacists were responsible for eight out of ten murders in America over an eight-year period. That is a complete, utter lie. Most murders in America are committed in the inner city by black perpetrators. That is an inarguable fact. And this guy is given a platform on MSNBC. His name is Errol Southers. Look it up. He's with Nicole Wallace. What a dope she is. His title is Homegrown Violent Extremism Director. I want to see that data, Errol. This is indicative of what's going on in our schools, okay? Philadelphia School District from Andy No, the guy who exposes Antifa. School District of Philadelphia encouraged teachers to attend a conference on kink, trans sex, and masturbation. That's in Philadelphia schools. In Las Vegas schools, the other night, a mom steps to the podium to address the school board. She didn't get very far. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. Fifteen years old. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. The board stops her. I'm sorry. This is propaganda. Forgive that me. Excuse, me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your. Thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me, I we're not using profanity. Are you okay. wh- we have time back? That's relevant. I should talking. Okay. It's, the teacher this, this, required my daughter to read memorize this and read this pornographic material. Uh, excuse oh, me, sorry. please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so please continue your public comment. Your your time is you've got one one minute and nineteen seconds. Um, I ask you simply this is a public meeting. I ask for decorum. Um, Public meeting, I ask for decorum. Don't interact with the audience members who are pointing out that you were just reading an assignment given your 15-year-old daughter that she was required to memorize and act out in front of the class and by reading it to the board, you're not exercising decorum. And by the way, you're not allowed to talk to other audience members. This is why homeschooling is growing in our country. It is why we... Decided to homeschool two of our daughters for several years. One still is. Another one attends a private Christian school. Kirk Cameron, uh, former uh, actor on TV. It was his uh, show. Kirk Cameron was it Full House. Growing Hawk. Pains. Growing Pains, thank you. Well, there's Growing Pains in our public schools. And Kirk Cameron, who was in the uh, Left Behind series movies, uh, now is out with a new movie called The Homeschool Awakening. Kirk Cameron's 51 years old. Want to feel old? Kirk Cameron's 51. Uh, It releases in theaters in June. He says it's all about hope, freedom, and education. It trails 20 homeschool families and tells their story of how they are educating their kids. He said before the pandemic, the number of kids in the United States were homeschooled was 3%. That increased by 63% during the pandemic and then when declined this year by 17 percent so you get that a lot of people were homeschooling their kids during the pandemic but they've preserved two-thirds of the gains that they had Uh, kirk cameron says the big idea of the movie is that if you believe god gave your children to you then you have the opportunity to shape their hearts and minds absolutely true absolutely true More demonstrations of why the public schools are a place that you should look at with very, very much suspicion.